Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Lions fans, this is the podcast you've been waiting for. where the Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who always podcast hands-free. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 477. This is the Detroit Lions 2023 OTAs are in full swing episode, and it's the official Detroit Lions podcast for that place called Reddit. This is your wonderful, dashing, beautiful, gorgeous hunk of a host, Chris. And with me is my even better X2 version of that co-host, Jeff the Riz Risden. How you doing, brother? It's fun to talk to you during the day. We never do this during the day. Uh, it's, this, it's is, always, this is when I'm at my, my peak. So this is great. <laughs> the one thing that's always the same is we're drinking when we do it, day or night. <laughs> Cheers to that. I haven't cracked one yet, but I will before the end. Before before the end of the day. This, this is show. good. I just tried this. I picked this up when I was in uh, Detroit. Uh, Skyfish. I don't even know where that's out of. Hmm. But uh, it's good. Oh, sorry. I could have gone down, like, down yeah. the way. Mexican lager. Cross the state to get something for five months. That's a lot like the fact when I went to India, I picked up a whole bunch of Cuban cigars there because you can't get them in the U.S. And Havana (laughs) is literally 300 miles straight to my south. (laughs) It's good times like that, isn't it? However you have to do it, you know. All right. Today's show, we're going to talk about some recent press conferences. We got those going on. We got DeAndre Hopkins up on top. We'll talk about him. Uh, OTA player reviews. The latest in Lions gambling news, uh, some Jameson Williams talk and Big V for you and me. Whole lot going on here. We got all that and a whole lot more. Riz, are you ready to go, my brother? Oh yeah, let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. Resolid. <laughs> Look at that. Kicking room, betting odds, and Hopkins coming to Detroit. We will get to that. We will talk all about the hopster, the hoppinator, Mr. Hoppy Dops. Uh, first off, I want to thank Daniel Kobe for the subscription. Thank you for joining the channel on as a subscriber. Please do like and subscribe as you pop in here. That helps us out a lot. Appreciate that uh, a great deal. It does, I haven't liked it yet. Helps, it helps people find us, and that's the thing that actually does... Helps us do what nobody else does is pay all our people. Uh, so, yeah, let's let's uh, let's do the subscribe, the like, all that stuff. Thank you for doing that. Um, also, 
want to talk about the training camp party teed up ready to rock i lied i didn't lie i unintentionally misspoke about the truth last week i promised to have the ticket sales up over the weekend and it was all if you went and looked it was all t-shirts sorry about that i'll have the ticket sales up this weekend uh, a lot going on in my day job these days so um it's 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 gonna yes, be tough yes you do <laughs> <laughs> Fr- fridays are a lot better now though we've got a really cool deal about friday afternoon so i should get a lot more freedom through the summer so all right we got that going on nice. it's august 5th is the party i would almost bet that the the family fun fair thing is going to be that same day um just because of the way the schedule's been historically we'll see all training camp yeah 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 at ford field or whatever um so august 5th that that night will be the party it'll start at like seven we'll do a show live and then we'll hang out till close it's it's a good time lots of lots of booze lots of as part of the ticket i mean the ticket covers the food the room and uh soft drinks all the soft drinks you can eat salad breadsticks all that kind of stuff so it's not it's literally just a fan appreciation thing it just covers the cost uh we're not here to make a profit on it we're just here to hang out and and and, and have a good time with all our friends so it's just um, great time. uptown grill in commerce township they do a great job there um setting it up taking care of us getting us what we need their service staff like they have two dedicated servers just for our room so like if, you, if you're running low on your root beer and you need another one like it'll be there like or your beer split. beer. I'm a big Hacker Shore fan, and uh, it, it's it, – watch watch. They have the a nice CCD. beer list. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you're a wine drinker, by the way, we have done the, the, the show from their wine room. We're not doing it in their wine room. We've, we've outgrown the wine room. Yes. <laughs> uh, they've got quite a, a vintage in there, too, um, if you're mm-hmm. a wine drinker. Yes. Or just a whiner. They got everything you need. So training camp party, August 5th this year. Um, I've, I've, I've got the contract. I haven't looked at it. It's probably $30 for the whole the whole ball, of, the whole okay. thing tip, the whole thing for all the people, uh, for your tickets. Uh, we'll have door prizes as well. We'll have uh, local and lion celebrities as well. We do our thing that we do every year. It's always bigger. It's better. Jerry Jacobs was there last year. We had a good time. So anyway, the party, the 5th of August. Uh, come join us, Uptown Girl Commerce Township, DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Tickets on sale this weekend. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready to get into the topics? Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins released. I, I, I think you've heard of him before, Riz. Um, he might have played for a team. Just, just maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he may, yeah. <laughs> the Texas yeah. Texans. The Texas Texans. He uh, played down there uh, when Riz was down there, and uh, probably one of the reasons I think that uh, your your son is such a big fan. This this is my son's jersey. This is actually a game worn jersey. Oh wow! Uh, he's got two of them. This one he has a white one as well. But the, it's his favorite player still. Uh, the, uh, he's and it's look. I'm a huge fan as well. I wouldn't wear the jersey if I wasn't a fan. He's yeah. he's a great player. Great Holmes. player. Campbell, this is your chance to bring home a fan from Western Michigan, bring him out of Texas and back to Detroit. DeAndre Hopkins released today, free, not free on bail, free on parole, free on, on whatever you want to call it. He has got no contract hanging around his neck. Anybody can sign him. No. Riz, I feel like you know, there's a lot of talk about. It. Everyone says, should we sign him? Should we sign him for everybody that gets free in the offseason? It gets a little, a little bit silly, but. I feel like, you know, JMO out for a couple weeks. We'll talk about JMO a little bit. This is like a little yeah. bit of a one year kind of policy if if I'm thinking about it. I don't know. 
let's talk about it because you and D Hop go way back. I want to I want to get your your brain on this. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I I have in fact shaken his hand before, but I don't think he knows who I am. Uh, back from my Texans wire days, which ended in 2019. Yeah, about about when his time in Houston ended. Um, thanks, Bill O'Brien, loser. Um, I'm a big fan of D Hop. I still uh, I made the argument back then that I thought he was the best wide receiver in the NFL. I would not make that claim anymore, but he is, you don't have to go down that list very far before you get to D-Hop. He's really, really good at a lot of the things that Lions fans want their receivers to be really, really good at. His attention to detail on routes, his hands, his ability to catch throws that aren't right at him. In that aspect, I will say he is the best in the league. I mean, this, this is a guy who, who caught passes from... Brock Weiler, Brian Hoyer, um, Tom Savage. We might remember him a little bit. He was just starting quarterback for a year. And and he was still outstanding. Imagine what he'll do with a competent, like, at worst, competent guy like Goff. Like, my God. And Um, Goff with all those weapons, too. I mean, it's – and there's 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 an argument that uh, Hopkins would take snaps away from guys who need to develop, which is – Potentially, potentially true. Um, you've got JMO out for a bit. I feel like he could step on Reynolds' time on the other side of the field, just this age. Josh Reynolds, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and once when JMO gets back, so that he'd still, you'd still be developing um, JMO. And and look, if if JMO for some reason isn't working out, right, it isn't playing to where they want him to be, isn't developing the way they want. Reynolds is back on the field, right? And you still have that guy, that little bit of a burner in Hopkins who can do so, so much. And then for all the golf haters out there, with a guy who can carry, who can uh, catch balls that aren't picture perfect, pinpoint perfect, it, it feels like a really, really tasty kind of match. And I, I don't know how expensive he's going to be, but it's a heck of an insurance policy. So I'm coming at it from the D hop angle and that I'm trying to sell him on Detroit. Because that's not going to be the first place that comes to his mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he he re- there, he's been under trade suspicion for some time. That wound up they they just ate it. They didn't even June want him either. It's it's May twenty sixth, and they ate the entire like they they're eating all the dead cap. They could have waited six days and saved uh, something like ten million dollars in dead cap. Like they they wanted to get rid of him that bad. Nom, 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 uh, I think nom. that's Arizona's problem. I don't think that's a D hop issue. I think Arizona is clearly gunning for the number one overall pick in 2024, and uh, they they might get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> they are certainly poised to do that. Um, I just I struggle to see him seeing his best fit being in Detroit unless Detroit overpays him, and this is not. I gotta say this quick. This is not a case where the Lions aren't respected and they have to overpay for somebody. Right. But when you're in the he's I want to say he's 30, maybe 31, been around a long time, has come close to winning, but has never really progressed as far as you want to. He's in ring horror mode, but he's mm-hmm. also in I gotta get paid mode. Mm-hmm. And Detroit is, in our opinion certainly one of the best places where you can do that because the Lions do have some cap room. They certainly have the upward mobility to win a lot this year. Mm-hmm. And I, I absolutely believe that after seeing the team yesterday. N- number five odds to win the Super Bowl? Is it, are they fifth? Is that Which what is, if I remember right? It's crazy to hear. 
That seems optimistic to me, but it's it's not like it's not completely unfounded. It really isn't. Like they're they should be the odds on favor to win the NFC North and host a playoff game or two this year. And if you win the NFC North, you're fifty fifty in the Super Bowl. At least right now you are. If you can guarantee yeah, your team is the NFC play team in the Super Bowl, you don't know who you know, anything can happen for the other team. It's gotta be a fifty fifty split right yeah. now with what not knowing who you're playing. Yeah. I mean I I, I don't think that the Lions are better than Philly. Probably not better than Dallas, um, but beyond that, like I don't know, man. The lines look pretty darn good. They look yeah. good to me. So from from a D hop standpoint, where can you go that can pay you fifteen million a year, fifteen mil for this year? Because I think it's just going to be a one year deal. I think he is he's in that one year rental um, and shopping himself around where he can like. He doesn't want to commit long-term anywhere because he might not like right. what, what happens with it. Right, right. So you're looking at a one-year deal. Um, let's call it 15. I don't, I don't know. That's I'm just throwing that out there. The Lions could afford that. Yep. Not many other teams can. Uh, I, he is, so he talked about what I was talking about earlier um, when he was in the trade things. He talked about the quarterbacks that he wanted to play with. And Lamar Jackson came up. Interestingly, Derek Carr came up as one of them. And Derek Carr is in New Orleans and the Saints, for as much as we've fussed about their their cap situation, they could probably make that work too. And I wonder if Jared Goff and the, the allure of playing with Goff is more than it is for Derek Carr. And it sounds absurd to say that because, oh yeah, <laughs> Jared Goff's better than Derek Carr. Like There's no <laughs> doubt in my mind about that. But I'm not sure that the perception of Jared Goff around the league is that way, or with the league stars is that way. Yeah. I don't think he has the, the, the built up enough track record to have that sort of cachet with a guy like D Hop. And they don't share an agent. Um, I don't know if there's any real ties between the two. Like, mm-hmm. and that's like, look, he's played with such crap at quarterback over the course of his career. You've got to think that he's going to want to go somewhere where he's going to trust the quarterback and also know that he can win. Mm-hmm. And Chris, you think it, I think it, I'm sure most of the people that are watching this think that Detroit makes a lot of sense with that. I'm not sure that D hop's going to see it that way. And I think that's where the cold water comes in. The other thing is you are fitting. I'm quite frankly, I'm not worried about stepping on Josh Reynolds toes. He's not a long-term <laughs> core piece. No. I am was, a little concerned about stepping on Amon Ra's toes. I am concerned about stepping on JMO's toes. I don't think Amon Ra's going to have an issue with it. I wonder what JMO's reaction would be to having, like, oh crap, they're bringing this. Did, do they not trust me? Do they not? Do they? Not I will. Think I'm good? I will straight up tell you if you want to bring in competition for Goff, you damn well better want to bring in competition for JMO right now. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about what yeah. we saw. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about JMO because uh, he. <laughs> Didn't have a great day yesterday. Uh, I was I was at OTAs in person. If you haven't watched the video, watch the video as soon as the show's done. It's a great companion piece to it. Um, yeah. It was up this morning. Recorded it last night. And uh, yeah, um, but for D Hop, man, I I would be willing to pay some. I'm going to say I'm not sure that the Lions are going to be as bullish on bringing in D Hop. And there's a couple of things you have to know. First off, he was suspended last year. Wasn't his first rodeo with PEDs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that make him a turd or a floater uh, if you can't rely on him? Obviously, I'm wearing the man's jersey. I don't think so, but I wonder if he passes that test for 
for Campbell and Holmes. And I also wonder. Go ahead. Okay, I was going to ask you, and this I asked this question. I am fully admitting my lack of knowledge in this space because I always rely on Ash really for uh, for this breakdown because he's just so damn good. He's like a, a calculator when it comes to this. Yeah, but at risk of causing him a shaking fit with all kinds of I'm sorry's and old boys and have a nice day after a curse word. Um, what can we do about contact contract structure to, to, for, for D hop here? If we want to, if it winds up being something we want to pay him a lot or we want to can void words, void years, help us out. Can we, what can we do to help make this work in a way? Cause we've got a lot of guys to start signing as early as next year. And yeah. that's that's and where that I think does, the big kind of math problem happens. That does factor in. You want to pay Jared Goff an extension. Chris, you and I have argued about this for a long time, about the, the relative merits of how much you can pay him. Yeah. That's that's less pie you can give Jared Goff. If you're pay- so let's say let's say you do D-hop 15 million for a year and you add two void years on. So you're you're eating, you're costing five million, you're costing, look at my grammar. He costs $5 million in dead cap each of the next two years. That's money that you can't give to anybody else. You can't. Mm-hmm. If you're paying off, then you cannot give that to Alan Ra. You cannot give that to Panay. You cannot give that to anybody else that you might want to reward. You've got a lot of offensive linemen they are going to be paying soon. Jonah Jackson is an example. Yep. That, no, that no, shrinks that pie. No Darnell Wright tells you that Decker's on, on deck. As well to get signed. I didn't plan that. Sorry. Uh, I would have made it smoother if I did. <laughs> but um, by the way, Dar- Darnell Wright already starting right tackle for the Chicago Bears, and they're very happy with that. And uh, as you and I can attest, we are certainly not advocating for the Bears, but that's a really good pick. Yeah. Well, he had connections to the team too. Just so you know, through through some of the he people did. there, he he, he had some. A lot of people knew if he made it to to Chicago, he was the guy, a hundred percent. So. Yep. Yeah, so um, good for them. We're still better than them. They can, mm-hmm. but to your point about fitting D Hop into the structure and not throwing it completely out of whack is going to take some creativity. I mean, we're all excited. Like again, I I would love I would love to get him in, but I'm not sure that the Lions are going to share that ebullience towards DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They didn't make any effort at all to trade for him. They didn't. Oh, now, some of that is the fact that his contract was just ridiculous. And nobody made and really any effort in that space either. No, I mean, that was a no. kind of NFL wide choice. And that's what's what makes it kind of funny yeah. now, having not heard of anybody making any, uh, you know, courting him at all during that process. It's wide open at this point. It really is as to what could happen. It's pure unless you're him or his in his inner circle. It's all speculation as to where he's going to wind up at this point. Yeah, um, I would say I think. Just knowing him a little bit and covering him as I did for several years and, and getting to, to observe him that way. I'm not sure that Detroit is the limelight that he's looking for. Mm. Uh, Houston Houston is a massive city. It's a yeah. massive market. It's the fourth biggest city in the country. I'm not sure that was big enough for him. I think he wants a Jets. little more glory. Now, the Lions winning would give that to him. Yeah, that's That's the draw right now, I think, for Detroit, besides the coaching staff. Beside the front, besides the front office, is the absolute glory that comes out of. Uh, and look, right now, if you're D Hop and you join the team, you can take some some. You can take a little bit of credit for being the one to push the team over the top, right? Right now, and that's yes. that's 
that's a position that's for a lot of free agents. Yeah, now and next year and the year after, that's a draw for free agents that the Lions haven't had. You could be con, you know, considered the guy that pushes the team over the top. So there's a lot to be said you know, for that kind of joy, as well as the opportunity to chase a ring. And seeing what the Lions have done based on performance with the one-year deals that they've had, Hopkins, I, I don't think that he would be in bad shape as long as he doesn't get injured. That's always, but that's always the case. A, a one-year deal yeah, in Detroit and, and to perform. He, he does have some injury history too. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's something that you have to concern yourself with. Yep. yep. Um, I can't think of it off the top of my head and I, I can't actually access that on the computer right now. So um, it's nothing serious. Like he's never like blown out an Achilles or anything, but he's, he, he was one of those guys kind of like OBJ was when I covered him in Cleveland, where he's going to be like probable every week. He's going to miss practice Wednesday, um, probably Monday yeah. Um, yeah. as, as veteran maintenance. We know, we know, I mean, Taylor Decker does that. Frank Ragno, I think practiced twice last year. I don't, I don't think he's going to practice at all this year. Yep. Like there's, that's when you're, when you're bringing in a guy from the outside and he's not going to practice, that's a little bit different than having a guy who's been here for a while who knows everybody and who has the chemistry Yep. and at wide receiver, Lord knows we know this as Detroit fans, you got to have chemistry between your quarterback and your wide receiver. Otherwise the talent doesn't really matter all that much. Yep. So that's, that's, that's a drawback. Again, I would still go out and get him. I would love it. I'm not sure that the lions see Deandre Hopkins as rosily as we do. Yep. Uh, They they could fearless. I don't know that. Fearless says getting D hop would just take snaps away from Jamo when it comes to uh, when he comes back and stun his development. Well, that's six weeks of no taking snaps away. And like I said, yeah. it's, it's, and, a, and it's a Reynolds replacement. And I don't think it yeah, takes Hopkins is Hopkins is much more of a, a, he's not a fast guy. He's a four or five guy, mm-hmm. uh, four or five, five guy. Yeah. He, he doesn't win with speed. He's big. He's physical. He's smart as bleep. He's tough. He's aggressive. He runs phenomenal routes and he has a ridiculously long catch radius for a guy his size and he's big too yeah he's not a guy he's not he's not your field stretcher that's not who he is marvin jones is probably faster than him but he wins at doing everything else and also he is a phenomenal blocker down the field when which is so valuable doesn't often that's the other thing he doesn't always when when the team is down 20 to 3 you're not getting the best D hop. You're yeah. just not. That's not who he is. Uh, if it's if it's twenty one seventeen, you're getting the alpha dog. If it's you know, if it's seventeen to three entering the the fourth quarter, probably not getting his A game. <laughs> We won't see that. That's not what we're going to see. Let's <laughs> uh, hope not. Front, uh, really quick, I, the blocking, very, very well received Detroit. They love that, but he's got to do it. Um, Detroit hopefully isn't in those 23 to 3 games as the three anymore uh, based on you know the growth that, we, that they've put not. in place. Uh, the other thing is, is the skill set that D-Hop brings is so complimentary to guys like Jamo and Amon Ra and all that. I mean, it really does give you another different kind of yeah. weapon on the field that's great. Yeah, so, so let's, let's, let's go back to Houston for a second because they had Will Fuller as his opposite starter. Will Fuller yeah. was basically Jamo who couldn't catch. Yeah. Now, Jamo also couldn't catch yesterday. Talk about that in a second. But like they, that pairing worked phenomenally well with Deshaun Watson. That's 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 the vision. 
Yeah. I, I, I watched that team. I loved, I loved that offense. I really did. Uh, and, and again, Will Fuller couldn't catch. He had, a, he, had a, he had a 48% catch rate on catchable balls. Like that's not great. Now he wound up catching a few that he shouldn't have too, but yep. like that's that, that dynamic of having the speed. And now you're adding in Amon Ross St. Brown, one of the two or three best slot receivers in football. And don't forget Gibbs. Or, or David Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're, you have catch. the entirety. And Laporta. Uh, oops, forgot about Laporta. him. Laporta. I mean, the entirety like, of your offense is a threat. How do you cover that as a defense? As as Nolan Bianchi said to me yesterday, and I agreed, defend that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like <that's>, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So he's me, not wrong. <laughs> Skeletosi, thank you so much. It's sexy as hell, man. It's sexy as hell. Thank you so much for the super chat. Big question. The first one is, how's Jeff's gout? Jeff, we'll get a little gout update. How are we doing? I have not had a gout flare up in 18 months at minimum, if not longer than that. All right. Uh, I'm I'm happily drinking a beer this afternoon, so I'm good. I will. Uh, I'm going to put it. Last time I got it, last time I got it, I got it right here in this knuckle, and it hurt like hell. But uh, I'm good now. Thank you. Thank you for caring. I'm going to put together. I'm going to put together a a bumper for gout check. Gout check bumper. (laughs) So we can just keep checking in on Jeff Scout. Uh, I think the more important question. So our friend friend Mac Robinson, who's who's, uh, hopefully he's watching. Hi, Mac. Um, We 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 talked the other day. Second question I was about. How's your gout? Like, come on, dude. It's weird that it's a thing, but I, I appreciate your concern. Thank you. It's a thing. Okay, Skeletosi's second question, which I think was more important than the gout shout. Uh, do you think, oh, that's it. That's the cut, the gout shout. <laughs> uh, do you think there's any chance they lessen JMO's suspension? I'll just start with a quick answer. No. no. <laughs> Not a chance no. in the world no. they're doing that. Yeah. The problem he's, is they're the league is relying six. on they're relying he's on the gambling. Real lucky it's six. They're relying on the gambling money as an as an organization right now, and with the team in Las Vegas and in bringing in the gambling piece, the second the second they look like they're going light on that kind of stuff is the second that it all kind of starts to fall apart for them. They do not want to cross that line. Now look, I will always point to the transparency or lack of transparency on the refs. Uh, particularly now that we see what they can do in the XFL as a real gaping wound in that space, but they're just, they're not going to lessen this on, on JMO just because of the, the optics on, on what it means around the whole gambling piece and the, the quote unquote up and upness of the, the officiating and so on. So um, you can't, you can't have the, the idea that players could even think about throwing a game without being caught and 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 sentenced sentenced to doom for it so they're not they're not going to lower jmo's gout shout uh for for anything no he's uh uh from from a conversation that i had yesterday he's lucky that it wasn't 10 or 12 games yeah yeah that was where they were initially at so yep yep that all right catastrophic okay let's see um let's see See, we'll go on to the next one and we'll hit out the next topic, which is recent press conferences and interviews. I'm going to start with the Brad, uh, Brad Holmes, the uh, Brad Kitt, Dan Campbell 
interview. Thank you. I know his I mean, name. They I are so his... symbiotically together, sewn from the same cloth that you mix up their names. That's well, it was it was Danception. He was wearing the shirt, and it was it, it, it was Dan, but it was Brad, but it was Dan, and I and I and I was like going, no, I, I need to go deeper. So uh, here we are. <laughs> Starting it out, uh, uh, Campbell walks up. He's got the Dan Session shirt. You can go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. It's been there for, since like the day after uh, Holmes wore the original shirt. We've got your Dan Session shirt there. DeAndre, or yeah, um, what is it? DetroitLionsPodcast.com uh, slash store. There's that. There's some great Fuck the Packers t-shirts. There's some really, really good new stuff. Hank's Tanks are in there. I would look for those to show up and practice. All them boys are wearing Hank's Tanks shirts now. Um, and actually, I'll, I'll give you a little insight. They were just giving all kinds of hell to Ragnow because the caricature of him has him with a unibrow. <laughs> so if you want to have fun with uh, with Frank with Ragnow, go ask about unibrow Ragnow. <laughs> get a little reaction, get a little smile, a little fun. There you go. Oh man, <laughs> Jeff is an aristocrat. Um, <laughs> but Campbell, great interview. <laughs> do you know? Do you know the joke? The aristocrats. No. Oh, check it out. I think it's on Netflix. Great, great little. Okay. Great. You, you, you'll, you'll thank me for it. Um, okay. every, like every comedian ever is in it. So um, anyway, with that being said, Dan Campbell had a great pre- press conference, talked a lot about stuff, uh, slapped back at Stoney for his question a little bit and then <laughs> for the setup of the question. Uh, but overall, Dan had a had a had a really good interview and um, had some he some did. really positive things to say about the team. Yeah, so one of the things, the, the big takeaway that I took from it was he's, they're aware of the expectations, but he's still trying to downplay it. And that's going to be an interesting balance for him to strike because he's talked about it. He talked about it in, in Indianapolis as well. But this time he really got into like, you know, yeah, we, we know we're good. Um, and we have that confidence about us, but we're not. We haven't accomplished anything yet. And... I wonder how long he can keep playing that card and his team. Like, I think he's got a tremendous feel for his team. Don't get me wrong on this, but I think there is a balance there where if you keep downplaying and downplaying that maybe the players don't think that you really do have that confidence in them, or maybe they doubt that they are that great. I mean, this is a team that, again, they haven't won squad douche. Like, you kind of want, you got to find that balance between like uplifting them and making them believe that they can win multiple playoff games this year, which they can. But you also don't want them to go in like expecting that it's going to be an easy road, and that's a that's a tough that's a tough spot for a coach, especially one that hasn't been there before. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Dan keeps playing that. Um, I don't I don't have any real doubt that he will. I think he's going to handle it great. I really do. But it's something to keep an eye on, uh, especially if they start out like 4-0. Like if they go into Kansas City and win 30-13, to like holy crap. Like h- how do you get that bit back in the horse's mouth, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Next podcast, Chris better be wearing a shirt of Risden, wearing a shirt of Dan, wearing a shirt of Dan. <laughs> um, that's a good one. Um, uh, I saw okay. Brett. Um, so Dan walks in yesterday. So uh, Dan, right away, by the way, was scheduled at 11.15. He walks through the door at 11.14.58 with a giant smile on his face, clearly proud of his shirt. <laughs> walks in and we're like, oh, yeah. Like the, the camera didn't kick on right away, uh, but our, 
he got, he got a round of applause from from the media room before uh, he got up to the podium. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. When week one against KC, all media hype will break the internet. Yeah, there's no question about it. There's no yeah, question about this. Sure. That that week one game is crazy, and. It, you know, yet one on one hand, you don't want to put too much into week one. It's fool's gold, as I always say. Week one results are always just almost a coin toss. It seems like no one's played in the in the, now the three preseason games. It's just such a such a mixed up mess. But I, I you know, if I, if they lose, I'm not going to take it hard. But I am going to go all freaking in, in balls deep, man. If if they if they win that game, there is there is no stop on that hype train. If the Lions beat Kansas City as as Kansas City puts the banner up in Arrowhead, man, can you imagine how driven that is? The message that is it's not just putting the NFL on notice, man. It's putting fans like 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 you you were just saying they haven't won Squadoosh yet. They haven't. They win that game. It's like folks, we're here. We're we're here. You better take us freaking seriously. We are not effing around. We have announced our presence with authority. Yeah, and as. As Gray said last week, man, they've already won the game. They did it against Green Bay. They won that game that they yeah. weren't supposed to win against the people who had everything to lose and, and nothing to gain by winning the game. Or, or yeah, and nothing to gain. Yeah. Or, you know, we're, we're, the Lions are in a spot where even if they lose, they're, they're fine because no one expects them to win, right? The, the Lions really have nothing to lose in this game. They've beaten Green Bay. This is they've in this game. They can walk in and they can do this to Kansas City. This is a team that has every capability of it. The NFL, no matter what they do, some of the dumbest crap you've seen any business do in the world. You look at how you have to watch games, so many other things, Um, all that crap. But this one, this was a master move. The Lions against KC in week one. This was an absolute master move. They really set the season up well there. It was smart and uh, uh by the way, one quick thing. We didn't put this in the show notes, but uh, the Lions cannot be flexed into a late season night game because they play Thursday night in week one and week four. You're only allowed two Thursday night games in the season. We also play Thursday afternoon Thanksgiving, so you don't have to worry about any of your travel plans being disrupted there. Yeah, there you go. Uh, let's see. I think the magic is when Dan is up close and personal with the players. He keeps it real. Then they all know the media is against them. I, I, I you know... There was a thing, Detroit versus everybody, where it really was even the Lions versus Detroit. I mean, Detroit, the, the fans yes. were, ever, were part of the everybody, right? Um, I don't. Taylor Decker said that. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel he like it too. it's as much anti media. The media is just, in so many ways, just doing silly crap these days. Um, it's, it's tough to find the good ones. But you, when you do, you, you grab them and you hold them tight. How you doing out there, uh, Justin? That's what you try to do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it is absolutely that's the magic, the magic from formula right there is Brad Holmes bringing in the right kind of players and Dan Campbell being the right kind of guy. I, I will tell you from the coaching staff to the players, the trainers, everybody loves Dan. It's he's just a yes. genuinely likable, wonderful guy. When um, when he was talking about Calvin and he said, you know, I think he's a Hall of Famer. And he's like, well, everyone does. I don't even know why I said that. What, what is the question? Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly who he is. That is who he is as a person. And he doesn't, the authenticity that he carries and the, and just the enjoyableness. He's, he's smart as hell. He knows people said, yes, ah, it's yes, a guy who is. doesn't know his X and O. He knows his X's and O's. And, um, 
I won't go into that. But there's the, you know, when, when with the change from Aylin to Ben Johnson and who's calling plays and all that, um, that's look, Ben Johnson is an integral part of this offense. He's key and in, in many more ways than people recognize, but so is Dan Campbell in many more ways than people recognize. Dan Campbell is is a very, very smart man. And he just he he has the credibility and then he has the capability in dealing with people and you don't get that a lot like belichick is this this massive genius right but he's not fun to play for right we've heard it over and over and over again from 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 players throughout the league and who've been there and have it you want to go win a ring uh, a ring randy moss yeah that's the place to go you'll do it right and you'll do it his way (laughs) but you'll do it um that that was the thing and there's a lot to be said for that but Dan Campbell brings a whole different style. It, it locks in. We talked about authenticity we have for a long term, long time about what that means about leadership. Hennon Hooker talked about what servant leadership was to him and what he meant on draft night and when they picked him up in his interview. And um, there's that's the common thread. And when you get a guy like Dan who is authentic and then brings you know that X factor beyond it as far as his skills and knowledge and his abilities, you are creating not just a a a management team that's kind of a, you know, um, a player, you know, lo- the player loved team or, you know, f- player friendly, but a team and management team that's there to to play for the team and win for the team as well. And the fans, I mean, this is it's an interesting place to be because you always there's always the company man versus the employee man. Right. Kind of idea. And it's, right. it's just like the players coach versus the the company coach. I think Campbell and Holmes both are, are and, and, and even uh, Spielman are people that cross that line like no other. And, and, you know, Aaron Glenn and uh, even not, I mean, that's why I think you see it with Calvin. That's what I think broke the ice. The, the, the Quinn Trisha combo was not ever going to do it and actually made exacerbated the problem. These guys can cross that line and bring people in. It's, it's, it's a different, it's a different perspective uh, when you have these guys and it just, it's the, having the brains on top of the, that personal ability means everything. It really is kind of the foundational piece of what this coach is. That's the magic as Tony said. It is. And one, th- one thing that comes out of that is I think this team's going to have some resiliency if they don't get off to the start that they, that a lot of us expect them to do. Like if they're say they're one and three, God, God knows how that would happen, but it's, it's always possible. I don't think this team's going to, this is not a team because of the way that Dan is, that's going to like stop. That's like, okay, we got, we got to do, and they're not going to break character to, to, to do what they need to do to get back. Like they're, they're going to be prepared for that. And it's not going to stress them out to where they make panicky moves. And I think that's critical because we've seen teams that like they, they get that early bump and they, they can't overcome that. I don't have any, I don't have any thought at all that like if they start poorly, that those seasons going to go in the tank, like they're going to be able to bounce back from that. Have you, that goes back to what you're talking about, Chris. Have you ever been stretched to a panic? I'm just curious. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. There you go. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's yes. go. Let's see. We'll be taking, uh, we'll be taking questions off the chat later. Uh, nope. That was the last question we we're going to take from the chat. Thanks, Brandon. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, absolutely. We'll take questions as, from the chat as things go on. I was a jerk. <laughs> I love, it reminds me of the movie sex drive, which by the way is a very underrated movie. I was like, can I ask you a question? You just did. Well, can I ask you? Another? You just did. Like, that's one of my favorite interchanges of all time. I love that. 
All right. So recent press Great, under okay. underappreciated Seth Green movie. Yeah. There's, there's many of those. I'm going to ask you to talk about the JMO one. And uh, and the reason I'm asking you, because sure. I, I honestly haven't seen it yet because my week has been off the hook. Um, but I, I'll talk about what the one that I did see. I saw Campbell and I saw uh, Jack Fox. I want to talk about, uh, uh, I mean, John Fox. Sorry. <laughs> John Fox. Yeah. Jack Fox. Jack, Jack Fox is the poner. He's fine. Yeah. He looked good yesterday. I don't know why. I might... They actually did a weird, weirdly low amount of actual kicking yesterday at, at OTAs, but. I really got to start drinking so, so I get these names right. Talk about Jamo and the interview we saw from him because he stood around and answered a whole lot of questions. He did. Um, and I have to preface this by saying that I wasn't there. I had to leave. I had to get back. to It's a three-hour drive home. Uh, I had to be back. So I, I did not see that one. That was the last interview of the day. I stayed through Big V. I stayed through Hutch. I stayed through uh, Tracy Walker, who was uh, doing his concurrently with, with Big V. Uh, and I saw the start of another one, and I forget who that was, but I missed JMO out. So, and I, so from that context, I just, I, I've surfed in and out on it. Um, and some of the questions that he got were, quite frankly, not very good. Uh, but he, he, he stood up there and got through it. I'm going to tell you what I saw in practice, though. And that's, again, I guess, and I, I talked about this in my video. And if you want, like, more elaboration on it, he didn't have a great day of practice. And to me, watching what I saw him say in the press conference afterwards encourages me because this is a guy who, after the kind of day that he had to practice, which, you know, again, not all of it was on him, but when you're the number 12 pick in the draft, you better catch a ball that hits you in both hands. And he did not do that twice. That was frustrating to say the least. He handled the press conference with a maturity that I'm not sure that I expected him to have. And that's a, that's a positive development for me. And I think it's something that his teammates want to see from him because I'm not sure that they get that all the time either. And being in the environment that he was in with you know, handling, I thought with aplomb, I thought he... I thought, this is not a guy who's going to prep for interviews. That's just not who he is. So the fact that he was, was off the cuff and answered questions, I thought, honestly, fairly, um, somewhat candidly and insightfully, that, that to me says a lot about JMO. I think he's progressing. Mm-hmm. He needs to. It's good. That's a good thing. He's going to get these hard questions. He's going to get more of these hard questions as that suspension looms. And there's we're going to have to talk a little bit more about more Gambling suspensions, unfortunately, it looks yeah, like. Well, but let's. I, I, uh, Mike Hodges says I saw that maturity too. He wasn't afraid of that moment. I want to say though, yeah, and and I believe it. I'm, I'm I'm with you. I haven't seen it, but I can guarantee that there was a lot of prep to get ready for and and say you know so many times players throughout their careers from high school on up make mistakes because they're kids. They're kids. I mean, rookies are still kids. I don't care what you say. They, they they're 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 not even full grown. Right. And like I talked about Hutch, look at him this year, compare the pictures where he's at this year, very last year. And you can tell me, yeah, you were right. There's a little bit of baby fat, right? That, that NFL strength and conditioning is a real freaking thing. It's but, gone now. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. But the, the, the maturity, this is they, they, they practice this when they make mistakes along the way, they go out and they own it. Because that's the only way they made it to the point of getting drafted. That's part of the the whole process. Everybody makes mistakes. And, and it's how they how you deal with the mistake. This is true in life. 
for, for all of you out there. It doesn't matter if you're playing football or whatever. When you make mistakes, how you deal with the mistake is a hell of a lot more important than the mistake you made. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that straight up. Um, yes. He handled it the right way. They're trained to handle it the right way. He knew he had to come out and own it, and he did the right thing. Did he have to? No, he didn't. But boy, that would have been a real, a real problem. It would have been a real problem if he never, if he just avoided the conversation and didn't just didn't own it and move on. Cause now, cause it would always stuck, right? Doing what he did means, okay, he's closed the book on it and we can move on. We're not, we're not going to talk about it anymore. I mean, we will, we'll talk about it here and it'll be, it'll become a little, you know, side passing joke along the way, but then, then it'll be over and it'll move on. And that's, that's what he's done. That's how you handle those kinds of things. So as, I, as much as I want to say that is 100% JMO that did that, I'm sure there's a lot more to it than that. I hope that's who JMO is. I really, really do. People, yeah. people, I think people are taking sides of, ah, people want to hate on him. People want to love him. And and there's like this two, like polar, it's almost like politics. The extremes are the ones talking about it, right? But yeah. there's, there's, there's a possibility that there's kind of a middle road where we're just watching, we're just seeing the reality of what we see and evaluating it from day to day and, and practice to practice to figure out what we have here, because he's a little bit of an enigma. Yes, he is. Um, I will say that I think the fact that he, like you were talking about that, that they prepped him for it. I will say that the JMO last year wouldn't have either processed what they were prepping him mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. cared about it. And I think he does now. And to me, that's an important step. Yeah, yeah. I think he's growing up before our very eyes. I think he needs to grow up more before our very eyes. But the fact that he's taking those steps, that's important to me. That's that's a positive development to me because I hadn't seen that. And I wondered, you know, with the suspension coming down, the fact that he didn't have a great rookie season, even after he got back on the field, like he didn't have the reputation coming out of Alabama and going back to Ohio State as the most mentally tough guy. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the knocks on him um, that he basically ran away from Ohio State because he couldn't handle the pressure there, um, couldn't handle not being. So the, that's, that's a complex. Let me, let me issue, just tell you something, though. He, let me he, tell he you something. He transferred. Yeah. I want to tell, tell you, I appreciate what you just did. This is something that that I, I want people to recognize and see because this is something you really don't um, don't see. Riz just said, "I appreciate what he did and gave him credit for what he did." And I want this. This is something that you know people take a hot take and won't flip it until they decide. Well, I've got to flip it. I can't not now, so I'm just going to ignore I ever said it. Right. What you just saw from Riz is an evolution based on the evidence. And I know I shouldn't be making a big deal out of it, but you don't see that in the media today. Right. And that's what that's exactly what I was talking about is we're watching every day and seeing what we see from him and making judgments along the way to build to the totality of the data we have to make a broader, bigger judgment. And, and, and you watching that growth and that change and, and then mentioning it and, 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 and talking about that specifically is giving him a fair shake. People must make mistakes and you can dog on them for making mistakes. People can do great things. and You can tell them they did great things, but the totality of their efforts and what they do is really the tell talks about the kind of person they are. So I just wanted to take a second, give you credit for doing that. Cause very few do that. Most just take, have a take, whether it's right, wrong or otherwise hot, cold, whatever. And they stick to it until they can't anymore. And then they ignore the fact they ever said it. 
I don't, I don't understand how you can be presented with new information that contradicts what you think and not change your mind. I, I, I just wasn't brought up that way. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, I don't process things that way at all. So that's, it's weird to me that people would do that, but you're kind of, I see that my Twitter mentions all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like if you, people still regurgitate, like, like I, I, I'll, I'll branch off here for a second. I was not a Jared Goff believer, um, and long term, I still have some questions. But like, he's ameliorated a lot of those questions and concerns. Like, he played great last year. Uh, I don't have any desire at all to run him out the door anymore. Uh, he's 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 capable of taking this team where it wants to go. Yep. Last year, if you don't acknowledge that, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> or, why why do you watch? Why do you? Why I, I don't get that. Like if like he 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 I wanted him to play better and he played better. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna complain about that. Like mm-hmm. that's that's weird to me that people get hung up on Allen. I I had the famous thing where I thought he was gonna be a tight end better than he was a quarterback. Obviously that, that's strong. Yep. Let me I, let me I not acknowledge I don't get that. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me at all that you wouldn't acknowledge that. Let me really quick hit uh but we'll go we'll go to the uh John Fox interview next, but there's a good question here from Jay that I wanted to get to. With Ragnow's injury being basically permanent, how much longer can we expect him to play? Um, as long as he wants. <laughs> that's that's a, that's a hundred percent what it's gonna be. As long as he can. Yep. Yeah. Well <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's gonna be as long as he wants, right? Because when he can't, he won't want. Yeah, you're right. You're bet it's a better answer because I he'll want to even when he can't, just knowing who he knowing who Ragnow is. But Ragnow yes. played last year, I will tell you, he played through just the most disgusting injury and like it wasn't there. You saw him play. He did you you there was one game where you could see it a little bit, but he played through that like there was nothing going on. That guy is a I mean, the whole Hanks Tanks thing, he is the lead tank in the middle for a reason. That guy is unflappable, unstoppable, just an absolute man amongst men. And uh he like I said, he'll play as long as he he can, as long as he wants to. His his he's he played through it. He will continue to play through it. Nothing's going to stop that guy. He is an absolute monster. Yeah, he's he's just got that that upper Midwest toughness to him. With tank that. frag now, he's... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I will say that um, Unibrow frag now. I don't think he's going to play until he's like thirty five. I think. Yeah. You know, I think his. I think the back end of his career is probably shorter than what it would be now. Yeah, because this is a like. He described the injury and like, dear Lord, man, I'm not sure I'd walk. Um, <laughs> like he's, <laughs> he's out there playing. Um, don't expect him to practice ever, but it, because he's established who he is, I think that works for him. But yeah. that's, that's a good question. It's a fair point. Um, I will say that I am paying more close attention to the Ross Pierce Bockers and Brad Cecil's and even Logan Stenberg's of the world as interior offensive line depth because you're dealing with a center who can't practice. You're dealing with a right guard coming off of extra. We're going to talk about big V. Um, and I was incredibly encouraged by big V this week, yeah, buddy. but uh, yeah, I'm excited about big V, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, the depth on the offensive line is something that I'm going to be watching very carefully. I have zero concerns about the starters, like one through five. They're as good as it gets. Yeah. 
Uh, six through ten, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know yet. Don't I haven't 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 seen enough to have a, an educated opinion. But uh, we'll have a I deeper. They're worthy. We'll have a deeper conversation about that in the next week or two. Stay tuned. Uh, we just go. might. <laughs> um, let me talk about John Fox's interview. Um, mm-hmm. It's so easy sometimes with his coaching staff to forget about moves they've made. John Fox is a big splash move. It's a big splash move. I mean, the guy was a head coach, right? And then they don't talk about him. It just it just very quietly happens. Then he comes out and his interview. It's like, holy shit, I forgot. I forgot. Like, and to see him, he, one of the things that stood out about his interview, I mean, he's going to be great. And I think he's a great compliment to AG on the defense. I think it's, it's really a big, big help to have John Fox there. I, I'm really happy with great. this hire, really happy. But well, he said something and it was really, it really, it hit me. It was kind of hit me about kind of how we're built Riz. Um, he he did he went out he he was did a little bit of retirement time down in uh florida during covid just a family retreat kind of away and he he said he wasn't bored cuz he loved playing golf and going out fishing and doing all the things but his life lacked purpose and it's interesting he said i what am i going to do scheduling golf games all the time and we talked about that it's like like why what like you know I don't lay down and go to sleep tonight. You at night. You don't just lay down and go to sleep tonight. You always thinking, always working, always grinding, always yeah. thinking of the next thing, right? Because why? It's not because you don't want to relax. It's not because you don't want to just go fishing, take some time out, watch some TV, whatever. But it's that purpose. It's that purpose that drives. It's it's. There's always like, what purpose is there? Like. I've been trying to, so you're going to laugh at this. I like, I'm going to watch some TV and I'm going to pick something really goofy to kind of work my way through a series, right? Just to do it. I picked Kojak. If you remember that, it's, it's like, I, I it was too old for me when I was a kid, Kojak. right? Like I never wow. watched it as a kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's great. It's so Who loves fun. you, baby. It's so fun to look back and watch that show, watch that show. And like just the state of the, the new, what New York was portrayed as what the cars were like every, the whole thing. I mean, it's just an experience. It's been over a year and I haven't gotten through just five seasons of it, right? Because I just can't like sit down and watch the show. <laughs> and over half of it, I've watched while I'm working. And then and on the weekends, I'll throw UFC on. It's kind of like a thing that I, I, I just put that on because I really enjoy the competition there. I'm still I'm still working on something. I'm working on something with the podcast. I've always got something else going on. I was so connected to Fox at that point in the interview when he talked about having purpose. And I'm like, that's something I think that is universal across this coaching staff, the drive, the never stop. I, I, I talk to members of the staff about how many of them spend the night at the facility in Allen Park throughout the season, like regularly, regularly. Yeah. It's this this purpose that they have, this drive. It's not just like they love football. It's not just that they want to win, right? The competitive spirit. There is truly a purpose uh, they're behind the purpose of this team and the mission of this team. And I think John Fox just revealed something very nonchalantly about not just his makeup, but what makes up this coaching staff and, 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 uh, and what runs this team, what they look for in the people that they bring in both as players and as coaches. I agree with that. Um, I'll say one thing about John Fox. Uh, John Fox had the same heart surgery that I did. And he uh, he had a a it's aortic valve replacement surgery. His could pass out on a golf course. 
and it wasn't it wasn't going to die from it or anything. It was just a lack of blood flow. Mm-hmm. Um, my anniversary is coming up uh, next week, actually. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, could be eight years. Um, I'll have a steak in honor of my cow part heart. Uh, but uh, it does do out. something to you when you're laying in the hospital bed and thinking like, damn, man, I could have done that. And uh, just knowing what I know, I, I was probably a lot closer to that than he was, even though I was younger when, when mine happened. But like, there's something about that purpose. And you're talking like, I don't want to waste time. Like, I'm sure that Foxy is the same way. Like, I'm, I, I don't have time to just sit around and idly do nothing. Like, I, I don't watch TV. Um, TV will be on, um, but I'm not really watching. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, it, you know, as I'm, like, my time's devoted to what I'm passionate about, which is football, my kids, my family. Um, like to get out in the kayak a little bit more. I'm hoping to get out to see a full night out. But like that's like I don't I don't do a lot of idle things. That's just not what I do. And I think I think having that sort of I don't want to call it near death experience, but like being reminded that there's a finite end to you does do something different to you. And I think that John Fox experiences that. And yeah. uh I'd love to talk to him about it. I haven't talked to him since before he had his surgery. Uh, the, last, the last time I saw him was at Bar and Mobile, circa hmm. 2019, at about 2.30 in the morning. And I'm sure he doesn't remember that because I barely do, too. But, uh, the, no, mobile, uh, the mobile stories? Oh, my God. The, 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 oh, there are stories that, I mean, yeah. just from the so, time. So, uh, you know, that. Haley's Bar. That, yeah, the, it's yeah. across from coaches. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's, that's not a place where a lot of good things happen after midnight. <laughs> he and I were both there. Okay, with so, a couple of uh, couple friends. So. Detroit fan man had the 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 most obscure bingo card. He had Kojak as his final reference on his DLP bingo card. <laughs> that was not considered a winner at the beginning of this show. Um, well said, Brandon. It's a credit to Holmes Campbell and AG that they're confident enough to bring in these guys that could so clearly take their jobs if things. Yeah, and go they're not. Bad. And and you know, AG's not threatened by John Fox. And if you brought like. Uh, so I'm, I'm wearing the Texans jersey. Corey Unglund, remember him? Yeah. Defensive coordinator for a year. Yeah. He's in Houston now. And he's talked about um, focusing on attention to detail. And the, for Texans fans, that's kind of weird because their defensive coordinators haven't been well lately. But, uh, like, when he came in, like, Patricia was kind of threatened by the fact that they brought somebody. Uh, and Patricia did, in fact, hire him. But mm-hmm. it was, like, not... That's simpatico, you know, right, right? Like it kind of thrust upon him, and that's not the case at all here. Like AG's, like if it's if it's going to make me better, bring it. Like I'm, I know who I am. I'm confident enough in myself that I can handle that sort of pressure. And that's sort of the thing that the that Campbell at all are imbuing to the team. Like, yeah, we're going to bring competition in for you. But if we, if you are who we think you are and who you should be, you're not going to be threatened by that. You're going to work that much harder to prove that we're right about you. Yep. Like that's the spirit of the competition there. That's something that I don't think Era did well. It's something that I don't go back for a second. Bill O'Brien didn't understand that concept at all, 
And that's one of the reasons why DeAndre Hopkins is, went to Arizona. And now he's available again. Yep. Like, that's, that's special. That's the kind of thing John Harbaugh does with the Ravens exceptionally well. Something that Pete Carroll, and in, in for, like, I'm not Pete Carroll's biggest fan, but dude knows how to freaking coach. And he yeah. knows the spirit of competition that drives everything that they do in Seattle. And the guys who can handle that thrive there. And the ones that don't wash out very quickly. And I respect the hell out of Pete Carroll for that. That's the kind of thing I'm seeing from Dan Campbell and this group. And I love it. Yep. 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 All right. Let's uh, let's move on. We got it. Uh, we've got a yeah. press conference is covered, but you know what? There's players on the field and we want to talk about what's going on in the field because we've only got a couple weeks of this left Riz. And then there's this dark period and what always kicks off the dark period. I got to tell you that what kicks off the dark period, our anniversary, the podcast anniversary, we're coming up on completing eight years of podcasting. Amazing podcasting, the best podcasting uh, that you, you've never seen podcasting this good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, 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 I'm channeling someone. <laughs> um, the best podcast. Just right, y'all, Guam. <laughs> <laughs> Guam, yeah. Um, Guam! <laughs> uh, eight years down, starting year number nine on the 21st of June. We're just less than a month away. It's crazy how long it's been. We, we're kind of a big deal, Riz. That's impressive. Yeah. Our longevity, Absolutely. the ladies love us. All right, let's talk about OTAs and players on the fields. This is really something. Um, uh, sorry, I don't know. The segues need a little work still after eight years. Um, the uh, OTAs, we had, we had Riz on site, watch, watching the fun, having a grand old time. And uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, there's we'll talk about some body in a second, but first let's just talk about uh, the overall. What do we see out there? Talk. Let's start. Let's start with a point of uh, contention and agreement, uh, uh, depending on what we're talking about between us. Jared Goff. What did you see from Goff out there in uh, OTA so far? Wasn't his best day. Wasn't dialed in. Uh, it was a little windy. It, w- it was a tricky wind too. It was one of those like, like if you're kicking the field goal at one end of the field. Like the flags are blowing one way, and at the other end they're blowing a different way. So, but yeah, it was it was. Look, it's again, it's May. They're not in pads. Like I'm not going to get on for not having perfect accuracy, but he didn't have a great day. Like he just he, he missed some throws. Yeah, uh, it happens to everybody. So I'm, I'm not I'm not at all concerned about. It. But he didn't have a great day. Um, he missed he missed a couple throws that you would see him make in September, October, November, December, January, maybe even February. Was he doing his cornholio stretches before practice? He does. He does. He does. He does. He does. Oh my God, I can't unsee it now. Yes. He's, when he was doing it at training camp last year, when I was there, he was he was just kind of coming to the sideline. I just started going like back in yeah. him, and he was like, "Hey, what's up?" Like he's just doing the cornholio. They, he probably called yeah, it. He, post, he, was, so. he, he was he was fine. <laughs> uh, he made the right reads on based on the defense again. For me, and, and Dan talked about this before practice yesterday in his press conference, it's about mental reps and getting, like dudes are going to be in the wrong spot. Uh, he talked about Sam Laporta running the wrong direction on a route a couple of times. Saw that again yesterday. Like it, it happens. There was one where there's a miscommunication between Goff and Gibbs on a pass where 
Goff thought he was going to go one way and Gibbs broke a different way. Like that, that's not anybody's fault. It's just like, you got to work these things. That's what this is for. It's practice. Like that's what you're doing. Mm. So you don't want to, you don't want to read anything into that. Um, There were a couple of throws where he should have made a better throw, but didn't. Um, Again, that's not unusual. Uh, It's not anything out of the ordinary. Joe Burrow has that problem in Cincinnati. Uh, Andrew Luck famously had those issues in Indianapolis. He practiced player. Like, it happens. So it's not anything to worry about. But uh, it's uh, he's had better days. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. Uh, I I have to just call out my failure <laughs> longevity bingo yeah i said it again <laughs> this i got caught for my whole life I, i've been still like in this kind of state of shock about it my whole life that is a word a real word no longevity is not a word we looked it up i said it's it and, and and gray called me out he's like do you mean longevity he did he should he should have and, and i'm like it's longevity, longevity is a word right sure. right and i've always spelled it longevity like everything all the, i've only said longevity everything else i've done with the word i've done it appropriately and properly and i'm like until and then i, I tried to write it in an email this week and then i spelled it out longevity. like I've, I've now i've now been broken like this word is i'm, I'm absolutely broken it is graceful <laughs> i didn't realize i said that forever i'm like like i've analyzed like it's so bingo for you old bk thanks for catching me again i'm, I'm gonna be my own head forever on that all right i, I legitimately thought it would that dealt more with like um longevity longevity <laughs> over a long time <laughs> so, these are the things that go through my head well let me pull that, that out. will be keeping me up tonight as i let, listen to the bbc let me let me well, I'll keep my most longitudinal part away. Let me ask you, who was <laughs> who was your top guy uh, this week? Who who did you, instead of critiquing him one at a time, who who blew you away on OTAs this week? I'll give you one for offense. One, offense, Jameer Gibbs, no question about it. Watching him do the drills and the way that he, like, floats on the grant. Like, good Lord, man. <laughs> it's It's fun to watch him do what he does he has special special quickness like uh, i did not ever get to watch barry sanders in practice but i i was standing with someone who did and he said that doesn't not look like barry did you crack their double negative i did not um i know better because he wrapped me over the knuckles with a ruler um yeah. And then you see, uh, so you, he, he, he looked, he looked really good. Uh, no question about it. Defensive side of the ball. I'm going to go with an undrafted rookie and I butchered his name. Unfortunately, <laughs> not the, the video. Billy longevity. So Thomas. <laughs> Who? From, uh, from UAB defensive back. Who, what was his name again? Starling Thomas. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> yes. Number 49 in your program. Yeah. Um, it's right here. Uh, I actually have to. Let me make sure I get it right. Look what, look what I have. Um, oh. From last year, sitting right here, the, tra- the training camp roster. <laughs> Starling Thomas. He's right there, there near the top. Yeah. I could um, probably retire that by now. Yeah, you probably could. Uh, <laughs> I unearthed a few of those in my, my notebook. So Starling Thomas is very, very fast. And how do I know that he's fast? Because he ran hip to hip with J-Mo on one of the passes that J-Mo dropped. 
that's impressive to me. And my initial takeaway was, damn, 49 can fly much more than it was, oh, GMO should have caught that. As I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, GMO probably should have caught that, but damn, 49 can fly. <laughs> Dude can go. Um, he holds a little bit. There was a play where he was guarding they, the Lions' offense likes to manipulate the defense. They did a very good job of that already. They worked it where Tom Kennedy was in the slot, isolated on him based on the pre-snap movement. And Tom Kennedy ran like five steps and did a hard break to the inside. And Thomas grabbed his jersey and very visibly was guilty of a holding penalty. That's got to stop. But, dude, there's a lot to like about this guy. He's big, fast. Um, uh, look, he's going to stick around, which, by the way, well, you need to watch if you haven't watched it already. He is my UDFA who is most likely to make the team. And I would say that, like, not only do I think he can make the team, I think he can play at least on special teams. And he does have some return experience too. Just saying. Uh, our, our guy Dave Phipp, through the – he was asked who might be a returner yesterday. List, listed off like nine names. Uh, so that, that's clearly an open position. Wouldn't shock me if 49 um, got that job. And by the way, also switched to another number um, once some lesser guys are cut because uh, he's he's got that kind of juice to him. Got it. All right. Who do you see as playing captain's role this year? Anzalone is an easy one. Tracy Walker is an easy one, uh, especially if you watched him in his press conference yesterday. I, I saw like the first questions and they're like hey biggie's over here but, uh tracy's by the way tracy did participate in individual drills he didn't participate in the team drills yeah he's he looks good man day he's, one camp he's ready he's says, ready i'm stoked he's, man he looks good bro this gained a little bit of weight too and it's not not bad weight either that's uh, secondary like a little bit thicker yeah, there's there's I just, the one thing about the secondary. Everyone's like, well, who's going to start? Who's going to start? Yeah. Yep. No, that's important. We'll find that that'll that'll find its its time. It'll break its way out and it'll make its way, you know, known. But the real story that no one's talking about is how much freaking depth we have. We have depth at secondary that we haven't had in. Ever. I mean, you know, AG talked about it yesterday in his press conference, like he listed off the five safeties. He's like, it's a good group, man. I like my group. Yeah, yeah, you should. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> They're good. It's incredible. The, the talent we have in the defensive secondary. I'm I'm just, it's, and of course, it's only going to help that line, right? It's only going to help that line. It yeah. makes that Campbell pick so much more, makes so much more sense now when you see how these things are starting to come together. And I, I'm just, the secondary is always a place you're an injury away from being irrelevant. It's, it's always felt like that. Yes. And not just for the Lions, for most teams. It's, you know, the corners are, are the most athletic positions on the field. And you just don't get those kind of freaks that can play that role. And and to be, to have freaky freak depth like we do is nuts, man. It's nuts. I love it. And the fact that you can say, you know what, Jerry, you're going to beat the hell out of this guy this wide receiver, because he's perfect for your kind of play this week. Next week, you know what? I'm not going to have you start because we got so, a different kind of receiver that, you know, somebody else is going to play against and, 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 and it's going to play better. It's, you now have a Swiss army set of corners. And I'm just like, this is a crazy problem to have a crazy good problem to have, but it's crazy. 
I'm going to branch off that for a second to go off topic here. Mm -hmm. And there's still a lot of consternation about not having a defensive line. And you just talked about it. Yeah. The secondary depth is really good. Who's your defensive coordinator? A long time, really damn good NFL cornerback. Yep. When did he come? What system did he come from? He came from Bill Parcells. He's, he brought up Bill Parcells yesterday on his own. What was the key to Bill Parcells' defenses? Yeah, they had the beef up front. They had playmaking, competent, depth cornerbacks. They had smart-ass safeties that could do things. That's what the defenses were built around. It's not an accident they're doing this in Detroit, folks. They don't care as much about the defensive line as you do because their, their coach doesn't. Because he's not one of them. I cannot stress that enough. Don't don't freak out about the defensive line not having five guys deep because they don't care as much about that. They're, it's a it's a defensive back playmaking oriented scheme led by a former playmaking NFL defensive back. Where do you think they're going to put their emphasis? Yeah. And it's I, not that hard. <laughs> I, sorry, I'm, I go back to Campbell and Hutch. And it's Pascal really not that hard, folks. And 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 the the guy Aleem and all the guys we have out there, Harris uh, coming back probably. You know, hoping hoping Harris can come in and, and be strong this year like he was. Yeah, Kaminsky. You got yourself. Um, I'm missing it. Uh, James Houston, the guy that uh, really just quit for Riz. Um, the guy who hasn't seen, a, there. hasn't seen a snap in the NFL. Christian Covington, by the yeah. way, yeah. looked very good. Taking a lot of first team reps yesterday, looked looked fine. I looked, looked think better than he did when I saw him in Houston. I think this line and 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 the Anzalone and Campbell combo behind them are being undersold because they're overshadowed by all the defensive back prowess we I have agree with that i mean it, you, you look at the lineup on on pff's page and just all the green you see there and then where there's a little when there isn't green it's a guy that was injured that you know is going to be just fine, just fine for you you've got a really interesting setup here with this team i'm i'm stoked and 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 what hutchinson grows into this year what you know they expect out of him in houston it's be crazed it's going to be crazed i'm i again are we going to be the bring up Josh Kings? Pascal, who's going to start? <laughs> like he's yeah. he's a he's your starting edge opposite Hutch yeah. until otherwise proven. Yeah, he's starting ahead of Romeo Quar. He's starting ahead of Charles Harris. Yep, he's starting ahead of Kaminsky. Now Kaminsky's going to flex inside some, but like we didn't even talk about him, and he's like he looks good, folks. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> People keep sleeping on him. All right. Yeah. Let's uh let's get to the next one. Okay. Are you okay yeah. with that? Let's let's keep rolling on. Um, yeah. I want to get into, but yeah. b- before I do, keep I have to rolling, announce rolling, 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 rolling. let people know the training camp party. For those who weren't here at the beginning, we have coming up on August 5th at the Uptown Grill in Comaris Township. Tickets on sale soon. They cover your dinner, salad, pizza, breadsticks, soft drinks, as much as you can eat of all of those things. Covers the room. It's all, there's no profit. This is strictly, you know, cover your own food and it's a fan appreciation thing. We'll do a live show. Uh, Dan Miller comes every year. We had Jerry Jacobs last year. We'll see if we can get out this year to have some fun and uh, put on a great show for you guys live. Then we break everything down and we hang out and it's as late as anyone allows us to stay. We just hang out and, and drink beer and have a grand time. So if you, you, you want to talk football, you want to talk whatever and have some fun, we're there. We're there and it's a great time. August 5th, Uptown Girl. Tickets on sale at Detroit Lions Podcast dot com this weekend okay let's get into the next topic 
and it is Jameson Williams interim report with a little bit of a trigger alert <laughs> because I think there's a couple people taking a little bit of a role out there that seem to get triggered. And I just think anytime we talk Jameson for the two extremes that seem to be out there, we just had to throw a trigger alert out before yeah. we start. So we kind of talked about it already a little bit about like his, his press conference and the, the impressive amount of maturity and growth that he showed. But with that, you do have to take into a fact that there was one play in particular that bothered me yesterday. Like I, I understand like the, the play that the Starling Thomas broke up golf could have put that ball in a little bit better of a spot. Now it's a 40, 48 yard throw, I think down the field. So I'm not going to get on him for it, but it's a play that you still want to see. But there was another one where JMO made an outbreaking route. He started in the slot. They flipped him into the slot. He came out of it and ran an out route and it was nice route. Goff's throw was in front of where JMO thought it was going to be. And instead of reaching out for it, he like alligator armed it. And it would have been picked if the defensive back wasn't, if, but I don't, I don't even remember who it was because it was not the first team defense. I want to say it was iffy, but it might have been Brady Breeze who did get an interception later off of Sudfield. But it was one of those where like that's a play that can't happen. Yeah. Period. You cannot not go for that ball. You got to know that you're going to get hit at times. And again, this is not, they're not in pads. They're not hitting. The con- contact is strictly forbidden. That's why I didn't watch the lines. But like when you know that and you're still not going for the ball, like that's, that's a little troublesome to yeah. me. And it was a lot more troublesome for a couple of, let's say louder people in the media than me. Um, there are people that are louder and more obnoxious than me, believe it or not. And uh, one of them took a lot of umbrage with it yesterday with the fact, and he made it very clear. Like Jamo's got to freaking go for that freaking ball, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that does bother me. So you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both. And there you have the facts of life. My friend, we're too. Yeah. Facts of life. Don't um, touch Jamo there. Tootie was one of my first crushes, man. Oh. Jeez. Oh. Love Tootie. <laughs> Love Joe, too, for that matter. She's She's got that, like, Shannon Doherty bitchiness to her that I find very appealing. I was a huge Shannon Doherty guy. My, my so filter like, is just running overtime right now. <laughs> <laughs> The, the things that I would say at Uptown Grill at 1 a.m. right now are terrible, uh, but I'm a horrible. Yeah. Person. So, so, um, <laughs> but in general, like Jameson, um, there's, so Dan talked about it in this press conferences that Jamo was running better routes. So that was one of the things that I did pay attention to. And Dan's right. Surprise, surprise. Okay. There's more attention to detail in Jamo getting first off the block. And then out of a break with better efficiency, which if you're his as fast as he is, is a really scary proposition if you're on the defense. So he's he's worked on his routes, which is great to see. He just needs to work on finishing the catch. And I think that's something that I, I talked about earlier with Will Fuller in reference to this guy. Yep. yep, yep. Um, bring me D Hop. Just bring him to me. Hey, everything King's out there. Everything King's out there. What's up? I, I always, every time I see him in my head, I just call him Kang. What's up, Kang? I'm gonna see when when I see you at, at training camp this year. I walked past you last year because I was in a hurry. But this year, when I see you, Kang, I'm gonna come up. I'm gonna give you a big old hug. So don't punch me when I do. 
yeah, so Jameson, like he's still he's still learning. Um, again, I was very encouraged by what I saw from his press conference. And and if you missed it before, I was not there. I had to leave. Um, so I didn't see it. I, I watched it like the rest of you. This morning, I watched it this morning. Um, in fact, in our Slack chat, which by the way, you really need to be a part of, it's it's been great lately. Um, we had a little bit of a lull for a couple of weeks, but y'all y'all have been back and and uh, appreciate the kind words. Um, Gray sub for me last week for family reasons, and uh, y'all were very supportive of that. And I I thank you very much for that. Uh, but uh, it's uh, Jamo is coming like he's always going to be someone that you're like. 98% sure about, but that 2% is always going to bug you just a little bit because it, it, that's just the way he's going to be. Mm. Like he, he's never going to be that, you know, for, for every great thing that he does, he's always going to do something that's like, damn, man, why? That's just who he is. And that's the cost of doing business. Like Calvin Johnson, we, we talked about this back on the early days of the pod, Chris, when I first joined you. One of the costs of doing business with Calvin Johnson is that he will drop a lot of balls. Yep. Nobody dropped more balls in the 2010s than Calvin Johnson. He only played six years. But do we like, do we need to talk about how Stafford threw it? That's who he is. <laughs> I love doing that to you. Um, so the, the <laughs> that was my first episode. Yeah. He threw that on me. I'm like, what the? <laughs> I love it. So yes. I remember that. Yes, yes, because he's because Stafford's got more drops than anybody in 146 years. But that, that Stafford's the same <laughs> way. Like, but it, it, Stafford's thing is, is he was so good that he covered up so many other things. Yeah. His problem was that he made other people look too good. Unfortunately, and I don't know, like. <laughs> I don't want to have that problem with JMO. Yeah. Well, I hope we don't have a problem with the GM that way that you can have a player that covers up other players problems that way. Right. But like Stafford probably should have had a knock on the way he put balls where nobody should have ever had them. Then guys would drop them. Right. So in a way they looked worse than they should have. And then by, by the same token though, he put balls where nobody should have, and he made them look better when they caught him because there they were making like Chris Durham, the one play against Dallas that everybody remembers that person. Perfect dime from Safford, right? One of the few, just I don't want to say few, few, but one of those beautiful balls that he threw that set up, you know, one of the most exciting wins over Dallas I can remember. Even thinking back into the '90s when we used to own them when they were running, winning Super Bowls, um, that kind of stuff was just. Killed. But it would hide the deficiencies, right? And and it's it's one of those things where uh, with JMO he's going to do great things, and then you're going to see that because you know. Again, Stafford's interception numbers, Oof, right? But he gave you so much, and then you take a step back. If people can learn to love JMO for what he is, and JMO can find his way on the field and stay there, I think he'll be fine. I think everything will be fine. But I those agree. are those are the two things. I think people have to. It, it's it's going to be harder for him to get to that point because he started in just such a tough spot. I think people would have been real forgiving this year. If he was there day one, not being there because of something so stupid, whether he knew or not, it's just, it's just a thing, right? He's got to get past that. He's got to work through it. But if he can do that, I think people will, he will be, if they can, they'll be able to love him for who he is because it's, I don't want to say it's good enough because good enough is with him is way better than <laughs> the vast majority out there. It, did any of that make sense? I, it was like all stream of consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I mostly follow you there. Yeah. Um, I think, I think JMO has brought on concerns that he didn't need to because of just 
obviously the gambling thing, um, which is unfortunate. And we're going to have to talk about that a little bit more, unfortunately. But just the the general detachment, and and I I don't think he's I don't think he's dumb. I don't think he's bad. I think he's young, and I think he was somewhat protected both at Ohio State and Alabama because there were more prominent people around him that took that spotlight. Right. And now because he is a first-round pick and was not necessarily the most popular first-round pick, um, even from the moment that the Detroit drafted, there were people like, what the hell are we doing? We drafted a guy with no ACL. Yeah, no um, he's not going to – like, why? Why, Brad? Why are you bringing this upon us? Brad. And, <laughs> and those, those people haven't gotten over that. And uh, again, I talked about it earlier. Oh. Like, if if you're presented with information that contradicts what you believe, if you don't change your mind, you're a freaking idiot. Um, you got to change your mind when when evidence is presented the contrary of what you believe. Like, that's that's kind of the fundamental principle of life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we don't we don't we don't do that as a country very well. We certainly don't do that as a fan base very well either. You, you know what? I really don't want to hear is the what you just said, Brad. Because if he's if, if things start going south, that's gonna be it's gonna be what's going on up there, Brad? Like oh god, that just gets and like shivers down my spine when you said that. Like that. <laughs> oh yeah. man. Uh, it's funny because that, so I, I have a cousin named Brad with two D's and uh, I can hear his mom, my aunt yelling at him, Brad, <laughs> <laughs> Brad Brad's 40 now. And I can still hear that. So that's, yep. yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm not worried about Shamo. I, I wish he was a little bit more polished as a player, but I think that's just something that we're going to have to, we have to live with swallow and, and, and grow accept with. that there are like there are things that not every player is going to be a perfect player like they're going to have faults right now it's very easy to focus on jmo's faults and because we haven't so seen a chance to see anything the, out of him yeah right <laughs> when when he does something spectacular i think that tide will change it he's certainly capable of doing spectacular things instantly in week seven once he gets yeah. back on the field let me ask I, you a question that popped up in the yeah. chat. Um, it's not a GMO question, but it is about the Good. Lions. Do you think in the offseason they've upped their ability or created an ability to stop those mobile quarterbacks like Fields and so on that we're going to be facing? That's Jack Campbell, 100%. That's also Broderick Martin. It's also Aline McNeil losing weight. Like, like I saw Aline yesterday for the first time since Thanksgiving in person. Mm -hmm. I was taken aback at how much weight he's lost. Like, there's no way in hell he's a nose tackle anymore. None. Um, if if you are still calling him a nose tackle, you are not paying attention. That's directed to the national media. That's not directed to anybody mm -hmm. watching this show. Me and Aline both, brother. He, he, he <laughs> is your three tech. Broderick Martin and Isaiah Bugs are your nose tackles. I also think Anzalone has, again, I'm basing this off of one unpadded practice, I think Anzalone has taken a little bit more. I mean, he's always he's always been a very athletic guy. Um, it bugs me when Lions fans don't think that he's athletic because he's very athletic. I think he's taken another step in his fitness level. Um, he was even more radiant than normal. Uh, he's, he's, Sorry, he's I was going straight man. to he's, fitness, dick in your mouth. Um, <laughs> just that word, uh, I can't go. I can't have that word go by. 
I'm fine. Boy, I, I've actually not heard that before, Chris. That's how sheltered I am. But, uh, I, yeah, I do think they've done that. And I think uh, bringing in a, a very good tackling slot like C.J. Gardner-Johnson, like Brian Branch, who's going to play a lot around that. I think Tracy Walker being healthy will help that, although it didn't last year before he got hurt. But uh, the other thing is, I so I, I wrote a piece on this. Um, the Lions gave up a league-high 700 rushing yards to quarterbacks last year on 100 carries. That's Even I can do that math. Of all of those yards, there were four that bothered me more than anything. And that was Sam freaking Darnold on a, a, a RPO running around the left end for a touchdown where only Derek Barnes was in his way, and Derek Barnes got yoked out by a tight end. Uh, actually, it wasn't even a tight end. It was a slot receiver yoked him out and, and spun him inside, and, and Sam Darnold walked into the end zone. Those four yards bothered me more than any other play the entire season last year, and I had to rewatch it. I had to relive it, and I was very angry, and I broke a pencil or two doing that because that's what I do when I'm angry. I break pencils yep, um, yep. so I don't like, do other things. But uh, I think they're going to stop that better, and I think some of that is that you're going to be – they're faster at the second level. They're more competent tackling at the second level. They're quicker to ID at the second level, but also – the defensive line is going to be better at not letting those blockers get out onto the linebackers and the defensive backs that are crashing as well. And to that point, I do think that the additions to the defensive line, including Christian Covington, who nobody seems to know, um, including Broderick Martin, including a, a very healthy Josh Pascal, I don't think people are taking that into account as much. Again, this is not a defense that's asking its defensive line to make plays against the run. They are taking care of business so that the guys behind them can. And I think they've done a very good job of finding guys that can do exactly that. There you go. All right. Let's, uh, let's not, not a lick, but we'll, we'll just move on and ignore it. Like you never said it. Uh, let's move. Let's move on to the next one. This is one, a little, a little bit happier topic. We'll cheer up Lions fans here, there, and everywhere. Um, we've got Big V for you and me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Big V is back. I didn't write that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why you're paid to write. Uh, I'm here for the puns. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Big V and the Detroit Lions. Sure. And the... Uh, the right guard. Um, let's <laughs> big V. Yes, he's back. your starting right guard. He took all first team reps at right guard yesterday, and he talked to us afterwards. And I really enjoyed talking to Big V yesterday. Um, if you watch the video, I'm the guy in the gray hoodie that got in the way of the camera a couple of times. That's me. <laughs> um, it was cold. I wore my hoodie. Uh, but just listening to him talk and reflect. Like, this is a guy who, when he had his back problems, he's like, maybe I should retire. And he, he walked us through the press, and he was very candid and open about it. And, like, he's a smart guy. Um, he's an erudite guy. And I appreciated that about him, that he was he did those sorts of things. And he, he talked about, you know, like, man, can't leave my guys. Like, I got bored really quick. There's only so much fishing, so much ranching you can do. And you know, he wanted to be back. He talked about wanting to be there to help Panay. And wanting to be there to help bring up and mentor the young guys. Uh, he's already taken Cody, 
Colby Sorsdahl under his wing. All right. Um, which is a kid with a lot of, and yeah, well, a couple things. Okay, first, I just want to yeah. say the the oh, there's only so much fishing you can do. It goes right to John Fox. That purpose, that purpose, that purpose, that purpose. Um, he didn't use that word, but I guarantee that was the word that was unsaid. It's the implied, you know, purpose in that statement. Uh, the other side, Co- Cody Sorsdahl is a guy that has a, a whole lot of p- potential. Man, he's. he's- He's interesting. Again, they weren't in pads yesterday, so it's really difficult to judge line play other yep. than just watching them get out of their stance. Yep. Um, and he's already better at that than Logan Stenberg, just from a day, not even in pads. Uh, and you, if you follow football at all, you understand that there are ways to get out of your stance better. Um, Colby Sorstall does that. That's nice to see. Uh, yeah, uh, he's... He's going to be interesting to watch develop, but he's certainly got a good mentorship around him. But just Big V, he talked about, like, the back surgery and the the drive that he has to make up for the lost season. And it really struck me. I have a feature about him. Um, we're recording this Friday afternoon. I have a feature coming out on him on Lionswire Saturday morning. That I'm, I'm, I was thrilled to write. I got... Um, Chris, you know this about me. I get emotionally intense when I write. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got that way um, when I'm passionate about something. I got that way when I was typing about it. Like I, I wanted it to happen for Big V so badly. Another reason to come to, to Senior Bowl. Up. Come to yeah. Senior Bowl yeah. and see Riz typing with tears in his eyes. I'm telling you, it's all right. I've, I've done time. it several times. And you know I do that. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a very emotionally intense person. I get that way. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> I you to cry. Uh, she was a joy. Darnell Wright did it too. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I just really, really want it to happen. He's a genuinely good human being who happens to be a pretty damn good offensive lineman too. And I, I don't like to clap back at Lions fans because they help pay my salary. But I will say this: the mistreatment to Big V that he took when he first got here still bothers me and i will tell you it still bothers him and i want him to shut those people up and rub their noses in their own freaking feces because they deserve it and he deserves to have that glory uh, this was this was a topic that came up so if you follow me on twitter tweeted about the kickers this week and about how people have ripped Michael Badsley from the second that he got here. They've wanted him gone. They've, they've done so very rudely and obscenely. And that bothers me a lot. Now he might be on his way out very quickly. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll see, mm-hmm. but it had nothing to do with his ability. Like people are just like, he's not Matt Prater. Therefore he sucks ass. And I hate him. Like stop doing that. Please, it makes you look really stupid and classless. And I don't want to be associated with people that are stupid and classless. Um, I, I don't cover the Browns. Uh, that's all I'll say on that front. <laughs> well, I think on the on the Big V thing, definitely check out Riz's article tomorrow, Saturday on Lions Wire. It's going to be yeah, it's it, going to be worth it. it. I also want to just really say, rubs me the wrong way when people do that and don't. Like, like he's a good offensive lineman. I'll tell you what, the the Detroit Lions are a much, much better football team with Big V playing right guard than they are without him playing right guard. Yeah. 
And the fact that there are still people that, that think because he didn't play very well as an overpaid right tackle, was it three years, four years, three years ago? Like, y'all got to move on, man. <laughs> you really got to move on. <laughs> Please. Well, we'll have some conversation about uh, uh, Tank Fragnow, <laughs> Unibrow, <laughs> Unibrow, Frank Tragnow, uh, Big V, some other guys uh, coming real soon. And it'll be really uh, pointed important and informative conversation. That's all I'll say right now, but in the, the kind but of somebody mind. who knows don't, better than Chris or I don't miss out on your Hank's tanks, t-shirts, Hank Fraley's tanks out there. You got all the boys across the line. Great stuff. Detroit lions podcast.com slash store. We've got that. Some great FTP shirts. We've got a great Danception shirt. Like the uh, coach Campbell bore in the uh, press conference over at seatbelt gang. There's some sweet shirts. There's a great lockdown shirt with Jerry uh, seatbeltgang.com or Detroit lions podcast.com slash store. We've got some really, really, really great stuff out there and uh, get your stuff, get your stuff yeah. before you Two see quick it on things TV. To, to, to branch off of what you just said. Number one, Jerry was the starting outside cornerback opposite Cam Sutton yesterday on the right side of the field. And I dare say that Jerry has gained another two or three pounds of muscle. Yeah. And he looks great. Do you, uh, I mean, so he's look back yeah. last year. I, and there's one on our Insta. That's back when I had my mullet going. Uh, when we had Jerry at the, at the training camp party last year and just, uh, I, there's this. So if anyone watched Drew and Mike or listened to Drew and Mike back in the day, they had a, a Bruce Lee quote from one of his uh one of his movies and i will never forget it it ripple it goes through my mind all the time it's oh what rippling muscles because that's exactly <laughs> what was there in jerry jerry's jerry's a special cat i mean like you said, jerry you know it <laughs> oh, yeah my guy my guy boy and and he was talking like seven percent body fat like like incredible incredible shape he is yeah i'm i'm he has a chip brother he has a chip on his shoulder don't mess with jerry i'm just telling you don't mess with him let's see what he can do i i truly believe if anybody can win a starting role on this team jerry jacobs can just through the sheer i'll I'll say the word the grit the the makeup of who he is as a human being and that's a big part like the idea of of, um i'm gonna call him hank ragnar Jeez, oh man, Frank Ragnow. <laughs> I've just messed the whole thing up now. Um, the the grit that he has playing through that 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 toe last year, and as long as he's going to play, he's going to be playing through that injury. There, it's a different kind of person to be able to just go day in and day out through that kind of pain and keep at it. And and the the setbacks, the the pain, the frustration, the all of that stuff to be straight in your head and to be so domineering at what you do. Like these guys are don't, don't you dare count Jerry out. I'm just going to tell you right now, do not count my man out. They're, they're clearly not. No, the the lions are like the the lions know what they got. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. A couple dopes were, they made that clear. Another punk. Um, (laughs) To go back to the thing. um, (laughs) Yeah. um, The kicker thing real fast. They now have three kickers. I'm going off topic here. We'll, we'll tie this in. They traded for Riley Patterson yesterday. Yeah. They didn't cut a kicker in response to that. And this is something that I covered in the video. That's fascinating to me. And I, I say this completely wide-eyed and naive. It may or may not have something to do with the thing that the Athletic reported today about a fifth lion being investigated for gambling. Mm-hmm. I don't know this related, but that certainly makes a lot of sense to put those dots together. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I 
I texted a couple of different people on the beat, and they they don't know who the player is either. And um, and I believe them. I I have no clue who it is. Just don't know. And but to it the would NFL's make credit, a lot of sense. Would, what's that? To the NFL's credit, the team. I mean, yeah. before the news broke, the team knew they had a decent. We'll call it a fair warning. I'll, I'll leave it at that. They knew what was they, going yes. on to make moves and they be did. able to do things without the the scourge of that news being out there to, to, to belie any kind of desperation or anything else. The NFL treated the team right, even though the players didn't act that way. So the team was able to uh, react to the news before anybody else was. So, Hey, yeah. good on them. Good on them. Give them credit where it's due, I guess. But that was, that's a place where they did. Yeah. All right. So, um, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm just saying that it would make a lot of assumptive move for something else that might, happen we'll see i don't know yeah, yeah. um we, we I, I legitimately don't know we'll yeah. but um in the and I, I want to explain this because i took a lot of shit on twitter for this i don't really care about um uh, michael badgley like if you can find somebody better to do it like i don't i'm not beholden to him it just really bothers me the way that he's been treated by fans ever since he got here mm. and never given a chance. Like, is he great? Uh, we don't really know. Like, he was fine as a kid. He was an above-average NFL kicker last year. Yeah. Like, don't don't be that way, man. Like, like I don't I, – I, one dude re- really bugged me on Twitter. He's like, you got to get Brandon McManus, man. Like, well, Brandon McManus hasn't been better than Badgley for three years. But they can and, kick long field. They can't kick short field goals, and this is and that's in the thin air of Denver, right? But the, but yes. they, they, the same. I think you, I'm, you're referring to this guy who said, "Well, sign him because you, you get that he was castaway just like Matt Prater." And it's like, no, no, no. Matt yeah. Prater wasn't a castaway. He was on a suspension, and they didn't want to yes. tie up a roster spot on a kicker, so that made him available. And we stole him basically, and we had yes, all we those did. great Prater years. It was it. We did well. Now I, I don't mention it. Matt Prater is last year in. De- <laughs> Matt Prater's last year in Detroit, he was literally the worst kicker in the NFL. He made 75% of his field goals. That's awful. Yep. People um, still cling on to that, though, like he's this god. We don't want, we um, that don't year, want by the way, Michael Bashley made 88.7% of his field goals. Just saying. When I but say, the, when the I point say, is, is that the Lions don't care about the long field goal. And this is something Dave Fipp told you and I yep. in Mobile. It's yep. yep. something that Dan Campbell said last year. They don't want to kick beyond forty-five yards. Like if they're if they're kicking fifty-yard field goals on the regular, that means their offense is failing. That's not something that they want to do. Dan goes for it. He likes going for it in those situations because the you know what the analytics tell you to go for it. It's better a a missed fourth and three from the thirty-eight yard line. I'm I'm picking that arbitrarily. This don't be holding me to that, but it's better to go for it and miss. Than to miss the field goal, which at that point is a a fifty five yard field goal is about a forty percent proposition in the NFL mm-hmm. these days. Mm-hmm. You have a better chance of going for it and getting it, and Dan knows that and he embraces that. They don't care that if you can kick a fifty five yard. They you damn well better make every kick under forty five though, and yeah. that's that's where the competition is going to be this summer um, with between. John Parker, Romo, Michael Badgley, and now apparently Ralph Patterson is back for a go. But people get hung up on the long field goals because we were blessed. We were blessed yep. with Eddie Murray and then Jason Hansen and then Matt Prater, three of the best distance kickers of all time. Can I just 
I'm going to mention not something. This team's goal anymore. I'm going to get a laugh <laughs> out of you, and it will sh- one day, one day we'll share it. But all I have to say is two words: Prater picture. And you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> one day, I do. <laughs> one day, I do. One day. I do. All right, we talked about that. I um, do. <laughs> we're almost two hours in. We've got. Uh, let's see. There's a question here. Sorry, I didn't want to miss it. Any news on Emmanuel Mosley uh, from Don Burr, who's the number one man in every time? He's, he's always, always first. It's always oh, seconds God. after Don. Uh, yeah. uh, Emmanuel was out there yesterday. Um, he was in sweats, wearing a hoodie. Uh, that's it. I, I don't know anything beyond that. Uh, Craig Reynolds also was in sweats yesterday, and I, I have reached out to Craig's representation, maybe Craig himself, and I haven't heard back. So I don't know why he missed practice yesterday either. But uh, he was not at practice. But uh, check out the video that I put. Uh, I posted a couple of clips of them doing an agility drill on Twitter. Um, the the running backs going through it. Um, don't sleep on Greg Bell, folks. Uh, that's he looked good yesterday. Um, it was something that that the group of us who were over at that field. Oh, uh, David Montgomery injury. That's something that I wanted to cover here because uh, it happened about. 15 to 20 yards away from Tim Twentyman and I, and Nolan Bianchi was over there, and who's that guy? Sean Windsor from the News. He's with the News of the Free Press, one or the other. Um, sorry, Sean. Um, but, he's, uh, he's from Canada. I don't know your <laughs> Windsor. It's ah, really stupid. Ah, sorry. Hey, Dan, is that you? Low-hanging fruit. <laughs> we were the only ones watching, and the Montgomery – Injury happened, and I would give you a visual aid and stand up, but I would rip my headphones off, and I don't want to trip over stuff in my office here. He, they were going through a drill where you you go left, right, left, right, and off the right foot where you plant, you make a cut one way or the other based on where the linebacker, who was actually Scotty Montgomery, the running back coach, was at the side of the thing. Montgomery got to that last point with the right foot, and he put it down, and he instantly picked it back up and walked off and stood beyond the end of the drill for about 10 minutes with first one trainer, then a second trainer came over, and then there was one other trainer um, that left. He walked off the field, and if you didn't know that he was injured, you would not know it by the way he walked. He did not have a limp, favor it very much. Uh, I can I compare and contrast that to Rodrigo. I did Rodrigo's happen at the other field. Rodrigo, when he walked, off was under the support of two trainers and was very clearly limping badly. Mm. And I, 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 again, I don't know the mechanism for it, but my, my take on it as a, somebody who did in fact stay at a holiday in this past weekend, holiday express weekend um, in Columbus. Um, great, great hotel, by the way, if you're ever in Columbus, got to recommend this real fast. The holiday and express at the airport is fantastic. Great place to stay. You would, you would have thought it was like a Hilton Garden Inn or something. It was very good. Free plug for them. Um, and shout out to Keisha at the desk. Uh, she's she's. Yeah, but Montgomery. It looked like he tweaked his calf. Um, and again, that's that's my uneducated. Um, and I've just from playing years of volleyball and watching basketball all the time and watching football all the time. I have a pretty good ballpark concept for what an injury is and what it's not and this looked like a like he his calf gave or he landed weird and like the knee didn't respond the way that he wanted it to and he got a little scared from it i 
I don't think he tore his Achilles. I don't think he tore anything in his foot. I think it's a minor thing that's probably going to keep him out until mandatory minicamp in a couple of weeks. Like they have OTAs next week. We have one day of open OTAs next week. It's Thursday. I'll be there again. Uh, I, I don't expect him to be there, but just out of an abundance of precaution. Rodrigo, I don't know, but it did not look as good, and that that's somewhat troublesome to me. Yep. But that's there's my diversion back to back on topic. All right, we'll move on to the next topic. And I, I actually, I think this is a surprise topic, but we put this off, and I think we have to cover it really quick before uh, we do. But I want, I want really quick before we do, I want to say, ask people, please hit the like button and the subscribe button. We're only like, what is it, a third, a quarter of of likes for the, all the viewers? Just take a second, hit the button. It's free. It's right there. It helps us out a lot. Helps us pay the people, unlike other shows. Uh, it's about every other outlet <laughs> uh, and it helps us do that. So the like, the subscribe, all those things help us out. And we appreciate it when you do that. Thank you, everybody who does that. Also, we're going to go to our next topic. Like, subscribe, like, subscribe. Around the division. Draft notes from around the division. We haven't talked about that other than the one time we had the topic. Why the Packers suck, draft suck donkey ass. I don't remember who submitted that, but um, his name might be the Riz. Uh, let's talk it about Minnesota. <laughs> let's talk about. Let's let's just really yeah, touch I wasn't expecting on that. So I got I got to refresh yeah. my memory on who they all drafted. Let me pull that up here. Okay. Okay. So yeah, we, we talked about the Packers. Um, and I think really that's all you need to know at this point. We uh, we got to go for the why they they. they had uh, by the way, Jaden Reed is impressing in Packers camp. I got that from a Packers guy, um, and he is the pick that I liked for Green Bay. So oh, there you um, go, there you yeah. go. Um, I'll, I'll 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 leave that there. I'll I'll leave on a positive note there. Let's see what the Minnesota Vikings did. Ah, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. These are the guys. Who'd they take? I'm, and the gals, known as the Vikings, who will I be... Go a different site. That site's not good. Yeah, these are the guys who really are going to give us a run for our money in the NFC North as it looks today. Chicago, we'll talk about them next, but Chicago's a team that's really... They're a year, potentially two years behind where Detroit is right now. So not that I they're not I would say good. a year. Not that and they're not I, good, I will, but they're working I'll their way I'll just say up. this, and I don't say this as a fan, but I will say this to just caution you. Those of you who still are referring to Justin Fields as a running back, y'all might be in for a rude awakening this year. Just saying. He's got a lot, a lot more around him. Yeah. Just so there's they're a year potentially two behind us. They're not they've gotten better. Yeah, for sure. They had forty six draft picks this year. They better have gotten better with all those picks. It's just the facts. They they, they took some good players. They did. All right, Back to the facts that. of life here. So, so talking with, about, let me pull them up. Yep. With that, we'll uh, we'll take a look at who do you want to talk about All first? Right. Was Minnesota? Or do you want to do Minnesota? Let's okay. do Minnesota first. So we right. got okay. I'm looking at their draft class. Uh, 23 overall, Jordan Addison. Good fit. I, I actually like that pick a lot for them because I think he complements and contrasts skill wise with uh, Justin Jefferson. What they do very well. Uh, and Adam Thalen wasn't getting it done anymore. Um, KJ Osborne. Just isn't that good. So they, this this helps them long term. Makai Blackman, cornerback out of USC. I, I like Makai Blackman. I think he's going to be their starting slot corner sooner than later. Jay Ward out of LSU, athlete, not a huge fan. Had Jacqueline Roy out of LSU. Okay, that guy. That's their um, Delvin Tomlinson replacement. Uh, Delvin Tomlinson's in Cleveland now. Uh, very very good pickup for the Browns. Yeah, Roy, another guy, I kind of liked him as a player. Um, then I took Jaron Hall, 
really thought Jaron Hall might be a lion by the end of the draft. Quarterback from BYU. Mm. Um, older, lower ceiling, higher floor, career backup type of guy. Um, I don't think he's going to go for Kirk Cousins when they eventually end the Kirk Cousins reign. And then Dwayne McBride. I kind of like that pick, man. <laughs> he's a good player. Um, very physical um, between the tackles, pounding running back from UAB where he was Sterling Thomas's teammate. Uh, was another guy that I thought could be a potential uh, uh, Jamal Williams uh, replacement. Mm-hmm. Uh, good player. So I just looking at their draft class, I kind of like what they did. Um, I don't think they addressed a lot of their needs. They didn't really help their pass rush at all, and that, to me, that's the number one problem. And the fact that they Sedaris, um, who was their best pass this year, is now also in Cleveland. I think that's a very massive on their team that the Lions can exploit very nicely. And then, uh, in, in general, I'm looking at the like, I, I don't hate, don't hate. I, doing this without knowing like who could, who they could have taken, who not. Just the players that they took, evaluating them, they got some good players here. I um, mean, some good value players that I, I kind of liked. So there's, yeah. there's my organic reaction to the Vikings draft. The thing about the Vikings, and this is where I think strategically, they're they're really hurting themselves. Is they've got some cap issues. The Zedaria Smith is gone because yeah. they have some serious yeah. cap issues. And what they did, like when they when they worked with the Lions, was they gave away the fix for that. They gave away draft picks. They need to yes, accumulate draft picks to get lower cost contracts with quality players to make up for the inability to pay players because they're they're in a very difficult cap. They've put themselves in a very difficult cap situation. So I think from a strategic perspective, Minnesota's probably on her last year of all in before they're just going to have to scramble the eggs and make a new omelet. Uh, and it's probably true, you know, for, for cousins too. They're taking the last shot with him and then it's, they're just going to come yeah. up with another omelet. So this year I feel like the, the Vikings are really the one team that's going to give the, the most of a run for the money to the Detroit lions. Frankly, I just don't think they have enough to, to push the lions out of the way. I just, I just don't think they do. They're, and this is not me being home. Boy. I honestly, I, I they, they lost two really good starting defensive linemen, both to Cleveland. That's that's not going to help them because they they did not have a very good pass rush last year. They were one of the worst pass rushes in the league once Cedarius Smith um, got he got he had he tweaked a knee. I want to say like midway through the season, it just wasn't the same after that. Yep, yep. But yeah, they're uh, they're still dangerous, and uh, they're yeah they, they they drafted some good players that are going to help them as long as the short of it, but. To your point, they are sort of like where the Rams are at mm. uh, in terms of mortgaging away all that draft capital to get affordable cost-contained and cost-controlled reinforcements in, but they didn't win anything. Yes. Yeah. Problem. <laughs> yep. Yep. There you go. So that's the look at the Vikings draft and the review of their draft. Let's kind of slide on over to Chicago Chicago and see what's going on. The the sausage eaters, Chicago, sausage chokers. We know that Darnell Wright, who's a good player. He is their best offensive lineman day one. And that's been reinforced by people that I know who have seen them day one. He's going to be good, folks. Um, he will be an interesting. Looking forward to Aiden Hutchinson and Darnell Wright do battle because I think that's going to be a fun battle. Aiden's going to win some. I think Darnell's going to win some. 
Mm-hmm. Um, let's look at the rest of the draft. Yeah. Gervon Dexter, big guy from Florida, under in college, five-star recruit, played like a three-star. Not sure that's changed. That's- that's one of those things where like this is one of the, the the places where you could potentially have a real knock on Hooker. Guys that are older tend to play better yeah. against competition that's younger. So you get a lot of these guys that are five star recruits, but they're you know they spent two years into kindergarten and started late, right? I mean it's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. they're playing against different kind of competition, and as the competition level increases, it now becomes less about that age difference and more about the true talent, and uh, that's. That's one of the fears you have with with uh, those kind of recruits coming in. It's a lot what you see a lot when you see a five star recruit play like a three star guy when he gets to college. Yeah, uh, Brian Breesey was a good example of that. Yeah, yep. he's in our division, but he's he's a great example of that actually. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson, the guy that the Lions cornerback uh, from Miami of Florida that the Lions did have some interest in. Uh, they took him in the second round, fifty six overall. He'll compete. Solid player. I was him. Draft evaluators were. I will uh, tout my draft wire hat here. Next guy they took, I like uh, Zach Pickens, defensive tackle out of North of South Carolina. Um, Zach with two C's, uh, which caught me as weird. Chris, you, we saw him with a good player, um, good interior utility guy. Not a not necessarily a difference maker, but if like he's your third defensive, you're doing okay, yeah. and that yeah. might be his role. He might be playing above that alone. Roshan Johnson, another guy that I thought could take J- J- Jamal Williams' spot. Look, this guy didn't get enough love because he was Deshaun Robinson's backup at Texas. Mm-hmm. Dude can play, and we Riz has it. the first running back senior bowl. He broke his hand, played through it, finished that practice with a broken hand. You never. Never have known it. Uh, he, he really is. Riz is having internet issues. We, we, he showed me before we started the the truck down the street doing the doing the work on the uh, the cable. I think they might be cutting it right now as we as we broadcast. <laughs> Somebody snapped that screenshot. <laughs> Hi, Riz. You look like you're back. Oh wait, nope. He's just fixing the screenshot. All right, we will take it with that. We're in a good spot. Uh, AI has taken over Riz. Here, that's the secret, Alex. He's been AI since the very, very beginning. <laughs> Riz's ISP owes him for all the memes they've created. They, they owe me. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll do that. We'll call that a show. Uh, maybe Riz will be back in time to, to talk about his ear holes. But remember, don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. It is the most intelligent Lions chat in the internet. If you do $5 via Patreon at uh, minimum, you get access to the Slack chat. Or if you join the channel as a member, you also get access to the uh, the Slack chat. And I'm, I'm telling you, like, like Riz said earlier, there was a little bit of a break in the concert in the, uh, in the chat right after the draft as people kind of took a moment and to, 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 to kind of soak in the off season, but uh, it's nonstop. And it's not, it's not just lions talk. I mean, there's home improvement, there's barbecue, there's gambling. There's, there's, there's a whole ton of channels. There's hundreds of people hanging out. It's a good time, smart people talking lions and you get some really, really good uh, takes in there and you can help people with takes that maybe aren't 
is good and uh, have a conversation about it. But it is a great place. People are, you know, uh, they can disagree without being disagreeable. And that's uh, a lot of what goes on in, in some of the con- contentious topics. Great group of people. Love them all. You can join patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Five bucks a month gets you into the Slack or join the YouTube channel as a member. Also follow us on Twitter at DET Lions podcast. That's going to let you know, like if we're going to go live or things are going to move, if you want to know, um, you're not counting on those YouTube notifications and liking and subscribing like you should, um, that w- w- it, you Twitter will tell you every time when we're going live or if we're going to postpone or if we're going to do a special show or something in Twitter's the place to get all the information at DET lions podcast. It is the place to catch us pants free all the time. Also give us a call via Skype Detroit lions podcast, all one word Detroit lions podcast, or call us on the lions line at two, four, eight, seven, eight, two, eight, three, eight, four, two, four, eight, rub you fug. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com, subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in your ears automatically with a load of. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no riz, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great holiday weekend. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.